of the Founders DNA, an interview series of hustlers and entrepreneurs where we delve deep into the DNA of these individuals to explore what makes a successful founder. I'm your host, Aisha Gushal, and for this episode, we have Arjun Vaidya as our guest. Arjun is the founder and CEO of Dr. Vaidya's, a new age Ayurvedic healthcare brand that aims to usher in 150 years of Ayurvedic heritage into the 21st century for 21st century clients. Their mission is to disseminate the power of Ayurveda by leveraging new technological tools across every corner of the globe. So let's get this started and delve deeper by hearing from Arjun. Thank you so much for joining me on the Founders DNA podcast. It's great to have you here. So Arjun is the CEO and founder of Dr. Vaidya's, a healthcare company with a vision to bring the applications of Ayurveda into the 21st century. To start off with, why don't we start with you telling us a bit about what Dr. Vaidya's is about and how this culminated to be? Sure. So I think uh, uh, Dr. Vaidya's and my family's history, legacy and and my life sort of tie in together. Uh, so Vaidya, my last name actually means Ayurvedic doctor. And I come from a legacy of 150 years of Ayurveda in, in our family. The legacy sure. of our business was actually there was no business. My grandfather and great grandfather were Ayurvedic doctors in generations before. Um, they had on inherited and passed down family formulations. That, that, that's the sort of legacy of Ayurveda that we have in our family. Today we own 105 uh, FDA approved, Indian FDA approved proprietary Ayurvedic formulations for various kinds of uh, applications in Ayurveda, stretching from illness or chronic ailments like diabetes, arthritis, asthma, intestinal ailments and kidney ailments to more wellness focused stuff um, or lifestyle ailments like immunity, energy, hangover, sexual wellness, weight management, hair, skin, cough, cold, etc. Uh, but my grandfather was uh, a doctor. He was Mm -hmm. uh, a doctor who inherited his father's practice in 1971. Mm -hmm. Over the 80s and 90s, my grandfather became uh, probably India's most successful Ayurvedic doc. He used to see 350 patients a day, had 12,000 patients trying to buy a post on a monthly basis. But he never cared for building a brand. Um, He was a doctor and so he really cared for um, taking care of his patients, bettering their lives. Um, And with that sort of thought process, he also believed in charging absolutely no consultation charge for any of his patients. That's a philosophy that's been in our family for the last 70 or 80 years now. I think when my father graduated from college, he saw a huge opportunity to take what my grandfather was doing to thousands of people on a monthly basis to millions of people. And so my father tried to convince my grandfather to build a brand at that time uh, to take our family formulations to sort of thousands, uh, millions of consumers across this country. But doctors and businessmen don't see eye to eye. And so eventually my mm-hmm. father started his own business in the luxury jewelry and watch space because he was a marketing guy. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, when that happened and sort of as I grew up, um, there was always a regret, regret in the family. And, you know, Ayurveda is our legacy. So I grew up with Ayurveda myself, actually. I'm a 
asthma sufferer i suffered for asthma or juvenile bronchitis for 14 years pumps steroids inhalers the works um mm. i was stopped from playing cricket by my grandfather because there was too much dust on the ground and so i was the only kid playing squash and golf at age 6 and 7 uh, but mm. through my grandfather's medicine i was actually completely cured cured of asthma by age 14 and for wow. the last 13 years i have not been to a chest physician not used a pump not used any allopathy and so i grew up as a believer with ayurveda i spent a lot of time with my grandfather he saw me as a grandkid who sort of cared most about the science so and and he had some sort of soft spot for me so i was the one who actually transcribed our family formulations from our scriptures to sort of the computer but yeah, i had a very very close yeah. relationship with my grandfather um mm. i grew up uh, spending a lot of time with him um because mm-hmm. i could not play cricket i would go to the golf course with my grandfather all the time so i had i had a lot of time spent with my grandfather he was a man of discipline he spent he had the exact same schedule or routine every single day which started at 4:30 a.m. he would start reading 5:30 a.m. he would have his breakfast 6:15 he would have his first tea off at the golf course 8 o'clock he come back home have breakfast go to the clinic come back home at 9 o'clock eat the same dinner and was in bed by 10:30 So I grew up learning a lot of discipline from my grandfather. When I was 17 and a half, I left um, India to go to do my undergrad in the U.S. at Brown. And my grandfather mm-hmm. said, "I'll pay for your education if you promise me you'll study biotechnology and come back and take on Ayurved." So he paid for my first year of education. I, I did liberal arts. I never ended up doing a biology or chemistry class, mm-hmm. um, and ended up studying economics and politics. But that thought process of Ayurved was always with me that I had some duty to to take this forward. um i got a lot of exposure towards natural organic products in the us saw the whole whole foods revolution so yoga being repackaged and rebranded um to something that was sort of new age in 21st century with yoga pants yoga mats yoga apparel i uh, came back to india in 2013 and actually worked in private equity for two and a half years uh, at a fund called l capital asia now called l caritin which is a private equity arm of the louis vuitton moet hennessy group it's a solely consumer sector focused fund and so spent a lot of time actually understanding the indian consumer so big change in behavior in the indian consumer actually um i grew up in an india where uh, where we were obsessed with imported products india changed mm-hmm. or, or had changed the india i came back to in 2013 was an india that was proud of our heritage happy to consume quintessentially indian products 2014 saw change in government creation of ministry of ayush Uh, so we had all these headwinds towards sort of ayurved and a revival or renaissance of ayurved um and so given all of these headwinds um the fact that my grandfather left behind his rich legacy um i felt a duty towards going back to our family legacy and taking ayurved forward but in a new age format so at dr vaidyas we believe in sort of ayurveda for the 21st century or taking what we have as 150 years of family legacy and concepts and repackaging so that ayurved actually appeals to us So that's sort of the story behind my family, my legacy, my life's history, and mm-hmm. and the culmination into going back to what my family heritage is. Sure, sure. So you say you quit your job in 2016. Was it a gradual transition? Because you at university, you did economics, politics, and when you came back, you were in the private equity space. So was it a culmination that this is what I want to do, or was it be getting or getting started? in leveraging ayurveda how yeah. was your thought process in that yes yeah, so i think all of us entrepreneurs have that one aha moment but there's a lot of discussion yeah. that leads to that uh, so mm-hmm. i i mean when my grandfather passed i was very close with him and um, mm-hmm. there was always sort of 
thought process or conversation in the family that look this is our legacy we have to do something with it we weren't sure what though um and actually spending two and a half years in private equity i realized what excited me most in in sort of private equity in investing was not just the finance side but the brand creation or backing entrepreneur side so i spent uh, time with about 150 entrepreneurs top entrepreneurs the consumer or b2c space and the brands and the value they created was something that really excited me um and so two and a half years into it i think uh, i realized that look entrepreneurship is in my family in some way my dad is an entrepreneur i see it every day and i really am excited by the value creation that entrepreneurs can do we have this rich family legacy we have all of these formations something should be done with it was a was a thought at the back of my mind um and and some point two and a half years into um being in private equity i said look i either want to be a part of a a startup i want to be part of the early stage ecosystem i want to do some value creation uh, being someone who comes from some form of family business the last thing you say you want to do is your family business so when i said i want to move on um i left ayurved as the last option and started assessing various different options or or things to do at this moment my dad actually turned 50 and his company had a celebration for him and so i gave a speech at that celebration talking about how my dad is an influence on our lives etc all of that um at this time my grandfather's uh, uh team was still running his clinic uh, and we kept the factory running on autopilot because all his patients said look we can't live without this medicine so he may not be but we need the product Uh, and so after i gave this speech uh, my grandfather's nurse of 18 years came up to me and said you talk so much about your father uh, but you're forgetting the legacy your grandfather has created the longer you take the higher the chance of this legacy are dying and with a tear in her eye she said please don't let this legacy die mm-hmm. that was to me my aha moment which was my grandfather has done so much for this country he's cured yeah. so people of ailments almost for free or at very low cost we have a duty to take his legacy forward in whatever shape or form and ayurved has so much potential so at that point i said look i have to do something i don't know what and this was sort of, um i would say around april of 2016 and that's when i said look i'm going i'm i'm not going to do anything else this is my this is my calling uh my grandfather's up there saying saying that you know there's something that needs to be done so i'm going to go ahead and do it that's great you have a family presence in this field you have the wealth of experience um that's been brought down through every generation do you think the expectations are higher for you or like what do you think that they have of you sure so i think there was a uh, very little expectation for me because i was inheriting something which was something that eventually um mm-hmm. was a very very small business with um uh, very little uh, being done with it after my grandfather passed but the mm-hmm. expectation came from the person my grandfather was so my grandfather was truly a legend in ayurved um he really cured a lot of people and he had built a very strong name for himself so the expectation didn't come from the fact that my family's been around for a very long time because my family's never been in the ayurvedic products business for a very long time that's all new for me so in that sense we are a very interesting company because we are a startup but we are not a startup we are a startup because the business we are doing today is very new and we've built it over the last two and a half years but we are still taking 150 years of legacy and formulations that have been created in a very strong ip forward Um, and so the expectation came from the person my grandfather was 
not from the fact that i come from a business family because my father and the rest of my family is actually a completely different business um but there was some expectation that look my grandfather is really built value and so i really can't mess this up so in keeping in line with that um how has the evolution process been from what you started with 2 years ago to what you see dr vedyas as now and what you see it going forward sure i think i think that's that's a very good question and and to be honest i heard a lot of people you know when you are seeing entrepreneurship from the outside you hear a lot of this entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is a roller coaster it's a crazy journey um, <laughs> it's a lot of ups and downs of emotions um and you hear and read a lot about this right but until you've done it you sure. don't really know what it is right and i sense i genuinely believe that what what people say about it is an understatement because it's a it's a really really um a, a sort of roller coaster type ups and downs uh it's an emotional nightmare to be an entrepreneur uh, but i think it's been a amazing experience for me because it's actually taught me a lot about myself uh so moving from private equity to entrepreneurship is actually a very very tough transition right because you move from someone who's used to just um doing the uh, doing your work on emails uh, reading the newspaper mm-hmm. doing a lot of reading to a lot of doing uh, and so that was the biggest challenge for me starting for the first 3 to 6 months like nobody is replying to your emails you are actually nobody nobody cares about you um you're a yeah. 20 Three twenty-four year old trying to build an FMCG company completely bootstrapped, uh, and so that was a real reality check for me to start with. I think that um, nobody. So how did you deal with that? Uh, it was tough. It was very tough. So I had a conversation with my dad three months in, saying, uh, "And dad, my my dad was like, 'How do you sleep? You know, how are you sleeping? Are you sleeping well?'" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm sleeping great. I mean, it's fantastic." And he was like, um, "And how's the business going?" And I was like, "Terrible. Nothing's happening." He was like, "Man." <laughs> uh wake up because you need to you need to really change the way you're looking at things and it was true because i would write emails to people and not hear replies for one week and then i'd be like oh nothing's happening you know but really mm. that's when i spent some time with my father and he said you got to roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty because otherwise it can take forever to start and you have to have a mm. deadline for yourself and the deadline for myself to launch was july 2016 which got pushed to october 2016 so i was 3 months late already uh but mm. that's when things started changing right and i realized that you have to just roll up your sleeves and just push really hard i think entrepreneurship has been a a self learning experience it teaches you a lot of grit because being in the consumer product space everybody has an opinion and when you're selling products for everyone i'm not selling a luxury product or a technical product or a product that has appeal to only a certain section of community i'm selling a product that can actually appeal to 600 to 700 million indians as a startup doing very little to start with you actually start getting uh, second guessing yourself and and um you know thinking that yeah maybe they're right maybe i'm not doing anything right you know maybe i should be spending 5 crores on marketing and so the experience over the last 2 and 1/2 years of building an ayurveda or consumer product startup bootstrap all online or largely online has been a crazy experience because initially or getting into it everyone said this is destined to fail right brands in india over the last 20 30 50 years have been built all through brick and mortar and right 16 onwards we started seeing a change of these challenger brands you new age distribution channels uh, to build sort of or touch and conversations with consumers and ayurved or in ayurved there has been uh, 
no brand or very few brands that have taken this online only approach and we got pushed into a corner because um we didn't know offline we didn't have the capital to build offline and so we took a call very consciously to say that look we're going to be the best at one thing we're not going to be a jack of all trades we're going to be the best ayurveda brand online whether it's content commerce conversation packaging branding or connect with consumers so how did you choose what you were going to focus on so i think it 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 sort of happened by itself but i saw a huge opportunity uh, where um when we did our first focus group to understand what consumers know about ayurved we realized that today the knowledge gap is very large um and so although we all believe we know about ayurveda uh, the generation that's sort of 50 plus or 60 plus or 70 plus that's the generation that knows about ayurved and after that we've lost complete knowledge right but we want to change the way consumers look at ayurved to say no i want to make someone want to pick up an ayurvedic product from the shelf or want to purchase an ayurvedic product and in that sense to connect with the new age consumer we saw a huge opportunity in online uh, which which very few brands were sort of solely focusing on and so we embarked on the journey to say that at that time we will try to create or aim to create an ayurvedic products brand that appeals to modern consumers that uses online as a channel to connect with these consumers sure so how did you manage to cuz obviously there is a transition like a, a mental change in our thought process that people are moving towards ayurveda so how did you manage to get that mental shift for your customers uh, the the macro context for the business was correct um so mm-hmm. it is it it is a good time to be in ayurveda in general right because mm-hmm. it's, it's mm-hmm. a lot of buzz towards ayurveda there's a lot of consumers asking questions there's a lot to be done there's a lot of right. dive as well so that's just the macro right because macro can be right but execution is very important um right. actually we started by saying hey what's the problem really right what are consumers facing as a challenge uh, and so mm-hmm. that actually meant we went down to the consumer spent a lot of time on customer service and what we realized mm-hmm. was customers are inherently interested to understand more about ayurved but trust needs to be built um and education needs to be given to these consumers but in a easy to understand format um so it's about innovation to understand the challenge consumers are facing uh, and then be able to solve the challenge for them in a format they understand interesting the reason i started this podcast is to basically answer a question this um founder need to be inherently entrepreneurial in nature or is it something that can be taught or learned through experiences so what has your experience been inherently entrepreneurial is is um it's a tough question because i come from a family where there's been entrepreneurship hmm. so in some sense i've seen it growing up having said that i think there's two very important characteristics according to me which i've learned very tough mm-hmm. but but something i've learned that's generally required to be an entrepreneur uh one is to be restless for sure because you cannot be happy as an entrepreneur right um, every time right. i comes to me and, and and we discuss targets i'm the one person mm-hmm. saying hey great let's celebrate the achievement of the target but now i want 50% more the next month um and right. so inherent restlessness of um wanting more whether it's targets consumers brand so the hunger that you also want always want to get to the next step without that you're you're never going to be able to sort of scale new heights right and so um when people say you know um, congratulations you've been able to raise a lot of capital 
um, for your business and you've been able to genuinely add value for consumers. I say we've been reasonably successful because there's a lot, lot, lot more. And if you if you don't have that hunger, at some point you will be content. And being content as entrepreneur is a terrible trait, right? So that's number one. And number two is grit. I think that's the most important sort of um, characteristic. Um, you see failure every single day. You hear yeah. no, no every single day. Every plan that you have set out on Excel sheet does not pan out. It may pan yeah. out to get you to the number, but the plan does not pan out the way the Excel sheet pans out. And so you've got to be able to just accept it, accept it, accept it, and keep going with that thick skin to say that, look, this is my vision. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm going to get there. Come board me. Um, and so what's I, this day, um, sorry, no, sorry. Finish your thought. Out. No, that, that's what I'm saying. I think that's very important, right? To have that thick skin and, and grit. Mm, uh, mm. And without right. that, you will be depressed very quickly. So was it a gradual process for you to get develop that thick skin? So how, what was that process like for you? Absolutely. It was, a, it was a very tough process. I would come home um, sometimes on weekends depressed. Like there's been one weekend where I have not left my room from a Friday till um, Monday mm-hmm. when I'm supposed to go back to work because yeah. why is it just not happening for me? You know, I'm putting in the hours. I have genuinely good products. Why me? Like why am I the one who's failing? Um, and, and so it needs a lot of support from family, uh, from loved ones and a lot of sort of introspection as well to get there. Um, now yeah. I feel like although I'm not great at dealing with failure, I'm much better at it. Uh, uh, yeah. and that's, that's important. And I think the, the last thing is that hustle, you know, just like with limited resources and limited mm-hmm. budgets, going out and doing something extremely large uh, takes yeah. and hustle and that's extremely important. And is that something that you've learned over time or was it definitely like something how you can I uh, people say you're born with it. Uh, but I think I, I've learned it with time. Um, I've learned it with time, like cold calling, um, something I thought I'd never be doing. I do it every single mm. day. It's actually like like just just having a, a, a sort of fishing rod in in a large pond and saying that, look, I think this will work. Um, Hoping to get lucky. I'm gonna try. Uh, yeah. It clicks and sometimes it doesn't. But if it doesn't click here, I learned that that it didn't click. So that mindset about accepting failure, you're saying is extremely important Absolutely. for an entrepreneur. Extremely, extremely important. Look, you got you to gotta have a, a long-term view or a long-term goal and you can't run away or sort of keep changing from that goal. You got to believe in your goal, but there will be a thousand failures that come along the way. And you just got to put your head down and say, sorry, didn't happen, mm-hmm. happen. Um, not this way, maybe that way. So how do you deal with, because obviously you have your long-term goal, which is the vision that you're um, working towards, but then again, every the everyday struggles, like how do you balance that, um, that mindset? Very important. And I actually, um, I actually hear um, a lot of sort of successful founders through podcasts speak and they say that you've got mm-hmm. to get out of the daily grind at some point. So I mm-hmm. consistently give some hours of every day or try to give some hours of every day and always sort of spend Sundays doing on day to day. And I think I'm fortunate that I have uh, my wife in the business who is the CEO and she genuinely looks at largely day to day. So mm-hmm. she runs operations for the business um, and I then have the capability to look at the larger vision spend time looking outside of my day-to-day fires that I have to sort of extinguish. And that's very mm. important. 
otherwise you end up ending up in a business which is just consistent right but if you really want to right. grow as they said we believe we should be growing at you need to look outside the day to day on a on a very very sort of a regular basis so now that you've been a founder for a few years and have gone through the process seen what it entails so looking back have there been any experiences or instances that you're glad you went through absolutely i think the one experience or, or the two experiences that i'm most glad i went through the first one is that we actually had to bootstrap for two and a half years i think that teaches you a lot of discipline like the mentality of a bootstrap founder uh, is so 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 critical for me to our startup um because mm-hmm. so we raised our first round or our series a in july uh, in june of this year uh, and we ended up raising 5 million dollars but until then we were operating product uh, team brand factory capex mm-hmm. everything and so you become extremely creative in stretching the dollar uh, and especially in the consumer space where brands have to spend a lot on marketing you find ways yeah. to do this without spending a, a lot of money uh, and that mentality is something that i'm very very glad i went through it's, it's extremely tough you mm. your head against the wall a lot saying how do i do this with only so little but when you create genuine value with just so little then when you have some capital you actually know exactly what to do with it instead of wasting it i think that's one experience that that's been really really helpful for me the second thing that's been really helpful is actually not being from ayurveda myself and not being from ayurveda myself has made me be able to actually look past what i have as formulations and understand what the consumer needs right so for example we've launched some extremely innovative products over the last two and a half years uh, including the world's only chavan brush in a toffee form so we launched a product mm-hmm. called kash um for kids uh, 8 months yeah. ago and this solves a problem for kids right which is kids hate having chavan brush but chavan brush is good for you so instead of moving to bonvita can we give them or or bonvita is not an equivalent of chavan brush can we give them something that they genuinely like consuming which also gives them the immunity energy boost similarly right. ayurveda brands are not <clears throat> a lot of them are in male sexual wellness nobody's in female sexual wellness mm-hmm. but 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 consumers came to us and said hey we want a product for this because we have the problem as well so we are on the only ayurveda brand to launch a female sexual wellness supplement pcod is an extremely large problem mm. ayurveda brands are staying away from it in january we launched an ayurvedic product of uh, focused on pcod so solving lifestyle problems i think not being from ayurveda and understanding a consumer's mindset has allowed us to really innovate and we'll continue to innovate over the next um 3 or 4 months you'll see some extremely innovative products coming outside the dr vedas ecosystem interesting so you're saying experimenting and um always innovating is a key point in success absolutely i think it's very important so how important um would you say because you've gone through this whole process of founding a company and running it so how important do you think is seeking support and having a support system as a founder like what have your have been your support systems that have enhanced your journeys thus far sure so how? there's two kinds of support systems right there's emotional uh and and there's uh professional mm-hmm. uh, as a founder i believe there is absolutely i have no qualms in asking for help um from an emotional standpoint it's very important to have sort of 
family or loved ones backing you because you face some really rough days um in, in mm-hmm. sort of love entrepreneurship you face yeah. a rejection uh, and mm. so uh, emotionally being stable at least for me has been very important um yeah. because I have some really tough days um and um mm. and I'm, I'm i'm sort of not the person to glorify entrepreneurship to say that it's mm. i mean it's the most rewarding journey um or has mm. been fulfilling journey for me um both because it's it's genuinely adding value but also because i'm doing something that that means a lot to me which is taking forward my grandfather's legacy but you right. definitely emotional support system to be able to go through this journey <laughs> uh, that's been very helpful i think professionally i am someone who loves to ask um mm. and learn um in the consumer space you need experience uh and so we on a daily basis are asking people who know more about something for help um both from our team standpoint we like to hire folks who know more than us in their realm but also if i mm. see someone doing some great work i go out and write them an email and, and or i go out and write to them on linkedin and say hey i love your work uh, this is what i'm doing i'd love to chat with you and see if we can do something together if there's some synergy so if i can learn from you what is your process or your philosophy on how to innovate like what are some of the things that you take inspiration from within and outside your industry so i think um, tough question really <laughs> question uh, because there's a lot right it's very difficult to pinpoint what inspires sure, you sure of course uh, yeah i think actually uh, for me the biggest inspiration uh, is the size of the opportunity uh, and the amount of work still to be done and i'll give you two data points right uh, mm-hmm. one is um, it's a very large country with a lot of people that need uh, uh that need these products mm-hmm. um that's one thing that inspires me the second thing that really inspires me is that we export as a country 105 to 120 million dollars worth of ayurvedic products um the entire industry put together and that's a very very small number um ayurved should be one of the largest exports from this country um mm-hmm. and a uh, 700 800 crore type of number is just not exciting for me um so if mm-hmm. you see dr vedya's product you will see each of these products bearing the mark proudly indian on it um and that's right. a, every single one of my products now i'm extremely patriotic uh, i love india i wear a band with the indian flag on my hand at all times mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. i i i have this mark of proudly indian on all my products because i my dream is that in 5 years or in 3 years uh this mark of proudly indian will be in shelves across 50 countries and that will be mm-hmm. genuine genuinely done something of value for this country and for the science um, and that's what inspires me right that's amazing so now that um you've been running this for the last 3 years so who would you say like especially in maybe in the indian ecosystem or otherwise who would you say are some of the founders or entrepreneurs you admire to admire or look up to for inspiration specifically people who are running businesses the way you want to run your business sure i think it's uh, uh, i have so many people uh, <laughs> i i draw inspiration from uh, it's mm. very difficult to pinpoint but uh, i'll talk about people who i have personal access to and then people who i don't sure. have access to but i wish i had personal access to right uh, so from a personal okay. access standpoint i think i have a lot of respect for my father because he's built a very very uh, or reasonably successful business in the jewelry and watch space with no experience or um, or right. backing in the jewelry and watch space but for 35 years without raising any capital he's built 
one of india's most coveted and largest luxury jewelry brands um he's also been able to bring fashion watch distribution to india so in 99 most of us don't remember but uh, fashion watches other than titan didn't exist in india and that time there was a brand called esprit that came to india uh, yeah uh, that was the first fashion watch brand to come to india so my father actually brought fashion watches to india so he's done a lot of innovative stuff um mm. and so i have a lot of sort of um, draw a lot of inspiration to from him but i also spend a lot of time uh, with him and he mm. spend a lot of strategic time on our business like i would say like 3 4 hours a week um another founder who i have a lot of uh, sort of a uh, lot of respect for and someone who i i personally spent a lot of time with and continue to sort of draw inspiration from is amrish murthy um of pepper fry mm. and when i was working in private equity mm. he was genuinely sitting in the office saying will people buy furniture online in this country uh and the answer for a lot of us was maybe not sure but to be able to do this is just unbelievable um and the way he runs his business the way he thinks about the world the way he's built his team i i go to him for advice all the time um so those are two people i spend a lot of time with i think two are the people who i have a lot of respect for but i i know them but i've not spent enough time with them or don't don't sort of um mm. speak to them on a weekly or monthly basis uh, is mukesh bansal of mintra uh, and now who mm. uh, of kyofit um i think mm. built a extremely 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 innovative and valuable company with mintra and he's doing the mm. same thing with kyofit so i had the good fortune of spending time with him when he was building mintra in my private equity days looking at that deal uh, and now mm. um have have met him three or four times since he started kyofit and that is just mm. an outstanding business changing uh, changing sort of uh, the way fitness and health is consumed in this country and hopefully at some point a doctor whether will be able to do something with them um and, and right. the last person uh, who i who i draw a lot of inspiration from is someone in my category is rohan milchandani of epigamia mm-hmm. i think someone who's tried with ice cream not succeeded gone to sort of greek yogurt or fro- or, or sort of the yogurt market and built a company of immense value such that actually danan who tried in india twice and failed right are going yeah. to bet for india because we can't do it but you can why why would you say these are the four people specifically i but mean what are some of the things that you intend or if you could apply to your own business yeah so i think uh, it it is varied but one thing sort of is the the overarching or or sort of thread that ties all these people together is that they have worked really hard to build genuinely valuable companies Uh, mm-hmm. and that's what we want to do eventually is build a genuinely valuable company adding value to consumers monetary value mm-hmm. is not that important for me actually to be honest that will come mm-hmm. if it has to come but adding value to consumers and building a genuinely valuable brand that's changing the ecosystem is what's very important to me and i feel that these people in their own ways in their own companies have done this got it so that's your aim basically Absolutely. that's your vision definitely sounds good so um ambiguity how do you deal with it i mean cuz every day specifically in a startup ecosystem you have you don't have a set path that you're on there are yeah. so many different um paths that you could take that has the potential so how do you decide which path to take what what are some of your what some of your thought processes sure. that go into it and this is the question now uh, i think goal setting is very 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 important uh mm-hmm. and doubt that you can just lose your way completely right because there's so many things you can do but what is it that's my 
one, three and six month priority. I have a lot of people who ask me, where do you see yourself in five years? And all of these questions. These are nice philosophical questions, but you, they can get you to choose your way in a startup. Like, where do I see yeah. myself? five years i see myself being the biggest ayurveda company in the world but is that going to be something that's going to affect my one three and six months no it's not mm. right i have to have one three and six month goals every one three and six months so that i can actually get to my five-year goal but only thinking yeah. about my goals not relevant so we believe in one three and six month goals and everyone in our team has to believe in this as well i don't believe in tasks that have no actionable insights or actionable sort of objectives to get you there and i keep discussing this with our team as well What's the action and what's the end goal? If there is no end goal, not worth the action at all. Great. So um, thank you so much. But before we wrap up, I have a few fun questions, I guess. Something oh, different. Sure. So um, if not an entrepreneur, I know you were in private equity before. Would that be something that you would be doing if you weren't an entrepreneur? Or would it, would it be something else? No, I think today if there is something that I would... Uh, so eventually at some point if I do end up um uh, sort of for the next innings i definitely yeah. want to work uh, in the government uh, not as a politician uh, but but uh, uh, as a as someone who can work in the tourism ministry actually um to be able to sort of uh, we have a lot of rich legacy in india um and, and i feel like we don't do enough like i heard a crazy stat that singapore has more tourists than india on a yearly basis and that's insane wow uh, so so that's something yeah. we need to so if I can do so something. Why specifically this? Uh, I don't know why specifically this. Actually, it's it's random. But I'm very patriotic, and I believe that what we have should mm. be be given to the world. So in that sense, what I'm trying to do with Ayurveda um, mm. also ties into this. So maybe maybe that that um, that's the reason. So yeah, definitely. If I wasn't an entrepreneur today, I, I would I would like to do something for the country in this sense. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So um, the next question would be, if you could have one superpower, what it what would it be and why? Uh, very tough one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you know, actually, honestly, every single day we leave the office saying, "I wish we had three more hours." So <laughs> three more hours, feeling sleepy, that would be. <laughs> Yeah, if only. <laughs> that, yeah, definitely that. Like, like if you could do that extra work which you try to do in the day but couldn't do with those three extras. Yeah, yeah, that's a great superpower to have. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get so much more work done. Great, that that's amazing, Arjun. Thank you so much for um, letting me interview. It's been amazing talking to you and, and, and finding out about your journey so far. Absolutely. 